a day. Um, excited to be here with you all today. Um, we're going to be doing another SaaS marketing makeover. A uh, little nervous. I actually haven't even looked at the wheel spinner yet. But the good news is the brains of the operation this year. Uh, we have Mark Kylins. Uh, welcome, Mark. So happy to have you. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Garrett. It's a pleasure. I'm I'm nervous like yourself. I have no idea what to expect, but I'm also oh. very excited for this opportunity. And I'm I can't wait to see the wheel. My anticipation about what the wheel looks like is is very uh, high. Uh oh, <laughs> wow, you're excited. It's good. Um, for everybody tuning in today, I want to give you a little breakdown of what the show is going to look like. So Mark and I are going to initially do some research. So once we spin the wheel. We're going to get a SaaS brand from that research. We're then going to go to their website and get a first impression. Okay. I've audited a couple thousand probably SaaS companies at this point. Mark has incredibly different and deeper perspective being in-house. So I get to see it from the outside. He sees it from the inside. Um, and then we're going to do some of the pillars. Okay. If we were sitting in their boardroom and we were in charge of their marketing strategy, you know, the CMO for a day, what are the three things we want to do over the next year to two years? What do we need to change uh, to accelerate growth? And then lastly, as we're talking behind the scenes, Ashton and her team is actually building together a PowerPoint that we're going to share at the end that ties all this together around what we would do if we were kind of the CMO for the day of this company. So let me share my screen and we're going to do the wheel. I know. I actually don't even know who's on the wheel. Let me see. <laughs> okay. okay. We got Grammarly, Upwork, Gong, Demandbase, and Asana. So no little names. Uh, all right. Uh, which one are you hoping it lands on, Mark? Ooh, Asana would be interesting because of the uh, the IPO coming up. I mean, yeah. you know, Gong is a, is a mega company, you know, in terms of unicorn status, demand-based great company, love the marketplace of Upwork, Grammarly. I mean, who doesn't use that probably? They're all really great brands and companies. Here it goes, ready? Oh yeah. Oh wow, look at this. Oh, there it is. This is perfect. Ooh. All right. Product-led growth, probably freemium type stuff. This is interesting. I love it because I got the guy here who does essentially community and content and Grammarly, which I can only imagine is a perfect fit for this. So let's start with the research. Um, what are people saying about Grammarly? I think that's really what we want to look at. So let's go to G2. What's your favorite Ruby site? G2? G2 is a good one. I mean, I like Trust Radius. I mean, Captera. They're, they're all pretty good. I mean, I, I think G2 is a good place to start for this, something like this. So even just Google, going to Google and typing in Grammarly reviews, slot, you know, competitors, yep. alternatives, yep. any of those types of keyword combinations. I love it. So let's see what happens if I can pull this off. Okay, beautiful. So what I wanted to do was go here and let's put this in a word cloud generator and let's see what immediately off their top reviews helpful collected write share okay maybe how do i filter maybe we get some bad reviews i think some bad reviews are always more helpful than the good ones i agree i agree 
All right. So I liked using Grammarly because it was easy to install and use. It was a great editing tool because it could detect errors and shit as new words. However, although it was affordable, I had to drop it because let's see, this is the this part. It was misleading me with incorrect comma suggestions. I did not like that because it made my documents inaccurate. Okay. Pretty good, but annoying. It's often wrong about grammar, and I don't like all the emails they send. Mm. Okay. I like to know it as you read these reviews too, start to try to think through the who. With anything like with a with a go-to market strategy, right? Like who is this company trying to attract? Like who is the buyer? Who is the user? Um and that's, that's just something I want to try to take note of as we do the research. I mean, it, it's it's a freemium tool, number one, right? It's a very big freemium tool. It's a Chrome extension. I bet a ton of people use it. I mean, do you folks use it? I'm su assuming your team uses yeah. it. Oh, yeah. We use it all internally here. You know, now that it works better on Google Docs, everyone's using it um, 100%. Now, to your point, Mark, let's go look at – I think the four stars are always a little bit more uh, – I think more well-rounded. So – Grammarly has some advantage traits such as correctness, clarity, engagement, and delivery checker that automatically checks the errors. Besides, it's also possible. Now, what do you dislike? Sometimes I face errors with suggestions on punctuations. Okay, so once again, it seems like they don't have the best recommendations when it comes to actual grammar. Do you think that's a fair? I I personally haven't experienced too much of that. I think I think, you know, like writing, you know, it's it's very um somewhat opinionated, right? In terms of like how you want to think about styling your writing, you know? So there's nuances in this. I think it's all about like, what is the job someone is using Grammarly for, right? The kind of the jobs to be done framework. And that's, you know, if you're, if you're someone who writes a lot and has a very entrenched writing style, I don't know, maybe it's just a good proofreader versus if someone who is trying to, you know, create a ton of blog articles, a freelancer, and he was just trying to get by and, and have a variety of tone, I, you know, it's a very different job to be done versus someone who's doing copy and editing of emails. You know, I, I don't know. What do you think, Garrett? I mean, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Well, now what I'm trying to get at is like, what problems are you solving with the product? Because I think this is the best question, right? So Grammarly was a versatile text formatting program that gave me wonderful structure, spelling correction, other helpful tips, such as sentence structure, letter choices, without any more work and getting revision advice from Grammarly. I can write my document like I would normally in applications such as Microsoft Word. So I think I saw a couple things here. I can write in application, and I saw another thing here that I liked, which was extension. And so we kind of did a little research, and because we're having to do this in literal hyperspeed, <laughs> let's go to Grammarly. Let's do it. And like you said before, okay, so the Chrome extension showing up in the SERP, all their different places here. Now, free online writing assistant. Interesting, right? Because they're everybody wants to appeal to something greater. To me, it looks like they're trying to appeal to this piece, which we didn't really hear any one of their customers re reference. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like that's what they referenced. So let's see if they're able to communicate that. Oh, my God. I was not expecting this. What a plethora of opportunities. So we have no... Menu, okay. I'm just kidding. I haven't did you even seen click on an ad. Did you did you click on the ad? That wasn't organic. No, was that I'm organic? On their homepage. I was not expecting this. So now I'm like, holy. Okay. All right. So let's scroll a little bit. Um. Oh my god. They have no 
They have no menu. That's interesting. Okay, so for everyone watching who does SEO, um, traditionally, you want to put your most important content that you for your user in your menu, right? Because then it, it automatically internally links from every page, increases your propensity to rank, and helps you take market share. Now, this is the first time I think in my career, actually, Mark, that I've ever come across like this environment where you have this big of a SaaS brand with no menu. So what I'm curious about, just from a case study standpoint, let's throw this thing in SEM Rush, mm. and let's see mm. how effective your menu is anyway for organic. Because I do think from a usability and getting people another product, this is a pretty great landing page, right? There's no distractions. Add to Chrome, it's free. But it does directly contradict with this, yeah, social right? Proof. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, you tell yeah. me, Ed Drift, right? You're a freemium product with math, with trying to get mass market share through like freemium, right? But that does compete with trying to get enterprise accounts, correct? To a certain extent, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, like, it's interesting. Like, so at HubSpot, um, we started inside sales, right? And then we're using, we, we were using the product qualified lead, someone signing up for the free CRM, almost as the new marketing qualified lead. I think you know at Drift, it, it was a little freemium, a little you know product qualified lead. It's much more inside, even now moving into like enterprise sales, right? You know, you could call it you know very targeted account based sales. Um, you know, very much an ABM motion. I'd say though, for Grammarly, they're at this bottom end of the spectrum where like they're saying if we can get you to install it in Chrome and probably look at the daily active user metric or the weekly active user metric, minimum one of those two things. They have then the math behind it saying we have a high propensity to either you invite someone else to the tool or we're going to be able to upgrade you to one of the plans. Because, I mean, if you look at the footer of their website, Garrett, they do have a well-designed website structure, I think, if you look at the footer, which is also a good telltale sign from an SEO standpoint, how the site is going to perform. Yep. Um, so what surprises me is um, – just how much of a focus they have on getting people to the Chrome extension. But well, yeah, I think that's because of the things I mentioned before. I cross-sell, I upsell cross-sell from this environment, right? I just lost my pixel. I just lost my ability to build lists. I just built, lost so much, right? Because now it's literally, this is a Google property. So, And then it, so if I go back, it creates, that is, it's the craziest web experience I've actually seen in SaaS. So now notice I'm stuck on a signup page on redirect. So upon hmm. click, I'm now stuck in this environment. Hmm. So, so they're not encouraging me to sign up. You know what I'm saying? So they could have just as easily, right? Replace this. Right. With. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially a sign up for free call to action right here, right? Like at the end of the day, they could have chosen to do that and they didn't. So in your mind, and maybe you know better, I'm pretty good at data systems. How are they getting the data that goes into the extension if that's their primary call to action? That's a very good question. <laughs> right? Because that's a premium product, it's all about expand, right? Like if you want to do business and you're trying to because when I use my 
because this would then go off of my Gmail account, correct? Which would most likely be my personal. And then you yep. still want to, you couldn't auto enrich in Clearbit or Zoom Info because it's going to have my personal email. So isn't that a huge gap? I would think, I mean, I was checking out some of their like plans. I mean, they have a very simplified monetization model right now, right? They have free, premium, and business. And I think, you know, they make it very clear that premium is for individuals. So it doesn't matter if they just have your Gmail address, fine. Okay. They won't need anything else. But business is where you're going to get the flywheel effect, of course, right? You're going to have more users and they're going to charge per user. And I think it's like that. So yeah, what you, exactly. What did you just click on? I'm just, yeah. Business, yeah. So I'm on upgrade, business, try. So what I'm just curious about, right? The whole freemium approach is get people in your product, like you're saying, product qualified lead. Yep. It rich and then re, like workflow, right? Does it go to sales development? Does it go to an AE? Is it avoided? It's scored and it goes at scale, right? Because you have to have this automated scaling system to so you don't have two billion marketing develop like marketing to like marketing SDRs essentially like inbound SDRs because even an inbound SDR is going to hate their life because they don't know any they would have to manually type the person's name and then try to guess who it was like they wouldn't be able to know off the Chrome extension correct yeah no I don't think they would I mean they're probably going off of implicit product usage data though so they're probably and maybe that's that comment around like getting a lot of emails from Grammarly but if they see someone who's using this over and over again right they're going to probably try to get them to go up to the the premium individual plan, right? Either in app, right? In through the Chrome extension or through the emails that they send them, or they're going to, there, there, there are services where you could, you can enrich a personal email address. It's not very accurate, right? There's, you know, augmented Intel, right? Like you yeah. could, you could do it and try to guess people's businesses, emails, or at least businesses where they work at. And then, yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, I don't know if I would say it's the, the, the best practice to do, right? There's a lot of like data privacy things there, but um, I think they're, they're just at the tip of the iceberg of trying to really figure out how to monetize it from a business standpoint, if, from, from what it looks like, Garrett. I think there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. No, 100%. So now we have approximately one more minute in our review before we got to start making recommendations, okay? Yeah. So we are now living... And this Grammarly blog, which they have now decided to build a menu in, which is hilarious yeah. to me. Uh -huh. And so now we have product company writing and they're actually crushing it, which is crazy to me that they don't have any link from their homepage to their blog, yet they're driving in, you know, 15 million when you exclude brand. And then if you include URL containing, and I'm assuming they're running on subfolder, they are. Yeah. So their blog isolated from their menu, only in their footer. This is such a good SEO case study, by the way. Mm. Is still doing six point nine million in traffic cost. It's pretty good. So that's pretty nuts to me. From every best practice I've ever read in my career and everything I've ever seen, I take something out of the menu and it dips, and they're seemingly not having any issue with that. I mean, if you look at their blog, their content is very intentionally focused on the most use case. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's micro use case almost. It's 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 yeah. it's going to answer any question anyone has ever had about writing or grammar. That's what they're probably trying to do. And they're not writing anything at the end of the day either, right? Like they're just using in like there's a little bit of markup. There's some wisdom in the formatting with examples and stuff. So I bet you it pulls really well in snippets. But like, 
I mean, this is they are the anti SEO case study, Mark. Like, look at the look at how many words this is. It's not much. I would say and they yeah. rank number one for it because you're able to solve gray or gray, right? What what I would say is they're doing very much. They understand in, intent and product fit in, exceptionally well, right? Like I don't want to read some SEO BS of like three thousand words around gray versus gray, right? Yep. Like I bet you I just show here and I get my answer in like one scroll, right? How do I spell it? And that's it. Know what their blog is, Garrett? It's the knowledge base. It's the knowledge base equivalent for like writing, right? Like, you know, companies have knowledge bases. That's what their blog is. It's like a glossary. It's a whole glossary campaign. Like I did the whole yeah. glossary campaign for Sumo Logic pre-IPO yep. and that drove 200, you know, like thousand dollars in traffic costs in like no time. We have an amazing team on that. They just took that same approach, which is like definition based, like intent based, help you solve a problem and just scaled it. And imagine how affordable it is to pay freelancers to write this much content. 100% agree with you. I mean, it's good It's good product marketing, right? It's good product right. marketing from like top, middle to bottom of the funnel. At the, at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, they have like decently strong product marketing if you look at their websites. Oh, 100%. So yeah. we've done our dive. Now we need three pillars, okay? So mm -hmm. I'm gonna shake my brain a little bit. <laughs> I've seen it. Now we're back, okay? PMO, I wanna start, Mark, what's the first thing you know, I'll give you the first one. So what's the first thing you do, in your opinion, as CMO of Grammarly? And take all your assumptions and pretend they're true because <laughs> they might not be, but let's assume your assumptions are true. What's the first thing you want to do? I mean, I, my first thing would probably be to, to focus on things that are going to increase revenue from the most active users and then to get revenue from the business users like how are we going to monetize these users that are super active that number one aren't paying number two that are paying and number three like how are we going to go after these these business users so for me that's a different strategy for each of those things right so i i think it's it's a lot about like so what's the thing we did at drift um is we used a value-based messaging framework so depending on those different audiences, I would implement a different hierarchy of messaging and content to, to persuade them to take the next action, right? So I would, I would think of it as like, you know, starting with the foundation of, of segmenting the audiences correctly to the plan and then cascading down from that, right? I, I wouldn't worry about like nurture or content or any of this other stuff until I really figured that piece out. And then like, that's going to, you know, basically lead into my revenue plan. Like how, how am I going to generate my revenue targets? You know, well, the first way is kind of doing what I think uh, I just mentioned basically. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So then the question to me then is right. Do we get enough information? So we know role size team. Yeah, I think we have that. So if I'm sitting here, right. And I'm CMO. I love what you said there, right? So you want to really figure out monetization and everything else. For me, I want to figure out how to monetize direct traffic and brand. This is something, in my opinion, that – oh, my God. I forgot the name. This is the exact example. Uh, who are the people who back in the day did the PowerPoints that were all cool and used in college, but then they never could go to business? Um. Prezi, okay? I'm oh, Prezi, yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time. Grammarly yeah. to me is Prezi, right? Like you're in college, you use this product, 
You graduate, you don't understand its use case. I feel like they don't do a very good job right now in this environment of bridging the gap between millions and millions of users to, oh, I could use this for everything and then enterprise sales. Because, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you could do a usage-based pricing and then get Microsoft and then get every employee at Microsoft to pay for the extension, that to me, right, that's the monetization strategy. So for me, what I want to do is I want to be able to get there with a little bit more information. And so to me, I would ask, I call this my one question, okay? So instead of taking them to Chrome to sign up, I would still allow them to do a very simple sign up that would get them to the extension, but I would put one layer between add Chrome and getting the extension. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you could still add to Chrome, it's free, but before you get to Chrome, I would make this a multi-step process and I'd ask them one question, like what role are you? Student, executive, writer, or whatever those roles are, those personas, mm-hmm. and I could immediately workflow and retarget and do right from the start across every user in my in my brand, not just the ones that I have data on. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, no, I think that's smart. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great test. I would 100% run that test and see how much it, it might increase, keep the same or decrease the conversion rate. Who knows? I've seen, I've seen things like that actually make the conversion rate go up because you can position it as this is going to personalize your experience. You know, let us yep. know who, a little bit more about you and we'll personalize yep. the next you know, whatever it is that we're going to deliver to you. My other pillar, Garrett, on this one would be, I think the CMO needs to partner very closely with the product leader, the head of product, you know, because I think there's missing features and and components of Grammarly for the best possible monetization on the business side. Like it's, it's, and I'm sure they are doing this. I mean, you would think because if you look at like the business plan, Everything in premium, so everything you get as an individual, plus you had an admin panel, centralized billing, email support, single sign-on. I mean, single sign-on is probably the only real big thing that you would pay for. And then style guide is interesting. I wonder what style guide is. You could upload your own maybe written style guide, copy style guide. I just feel like there's a lot more they could probably innovate on. Well, and you know what you could do, right? What Mark, that would be cool. You could exclude. You could blacklist all these domains except for premium or business. So you couldn't use Grammarly on LinkedIn or Salesforce, let's say, or really business ones. Like you can't use Grammarly on Salesforce without a business plan. So now I don't know what product restriction does to adoption, but it would create a lot simpler upgrade and pathing if you don't have the data. If they didn't get the data on that extension, they're going to have to do it off of usage, right? And this could be some of the ways they could figure it out. Mm. Um, this was the question I was showing you. So what I found is in my own stuff. So when we didn't ask for a role and we just did free trials with just the email sign up, mm-hmm. we had essentially, we only lost one to two points on our conversion rate, but we went from 2% trial to customer rate to 9% trial to customer rate by just asking one question. And that's to me, whatever we lose in acquisition, I think we'll get back in activation by getting really good right here. Love that. Now, my Love last that. thing for you is community, right? I don't see any Actually, community. Actually, hold, hold, on hold on one sec there, Garrett. I'm just, I'm just curious because I did this in, a, in an incognito. So I'm yeah. actually able – so I'm logged into my mkillens at Drift email. 
Yeah. I'm I'm adding that to my M Killens at you know drifts Google experience. So they're capturing my business email right there. I think. Oh, because you're using a G Suite product, right? So bingo. Mm-hmm. But do they have enough information? Like they know it's you, but do they know it's you? Like, do they because I don't think Chrome's gonna pass through your information to them. See, that's what I don't know. I don't know enough about that. Peace. Yeah. But if it is, I mean, that could be a good play for you guys at Drift. At the end of the day, adding a Chrome extension is so simple. The the the, the gap is just while you get this massive adoption, it's hard to get activation, right? Well, we actually have two Chrome extensions. We do. We have a meetings and a video Chrome extension. Um, so I, I think I don't think you can get that data now that I'm thinking through this because that helps. But we had the same thing. I don't think Google's gonna. Imp- yeah, I don't think they're gonna do that. Okay. So as CMO. Yep. We are going to partner with product marketing, develop features. We're going to focus on monetization, and then we're going to put activation above acquisition because I think they've so obviously have put acquisition, net new users, top of their thing. I think you could keep similar pace with user acquisition and do exponentially better on activation. Now, my last thing I'd love to get your feedback on is what content do you feel like they're missing here? that helps them activate these business users, users or even acquire business users? Because I don't really see any content supporting their solutions or the problems they solve. Does that make sense? No, no, I don't. I think it's very focused. Like if you go back to the blog, right? Like you said, it's very focused on just like how to do these very specific things in your writing. Yep. Right? So, so like from a business standpoint, you – it's, it's about brand number one, right? So if you think about what copy does for your brand, there's direct response copy. And then there's like copy from a long form content marketing standpoint, right? So there's content marketing and then there's direct response copy. And like, yep. they should go after people who write at businesses. So this is from the marketing standpoint, those people, this is for, for all the people on the sales team who write. So it's a reflection of your brand. So like, Hey, as a CRO, as a CMO, do you want your people to be making sure that they're writing and their written communication is as top notch as possible? Of course you do. Well, like let's yeah. give you the tools and then the content and the education to be able to do that, right? And so that goes back to my product. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, there's no CMO role. There's no VP of sales role because they're not using all like they're not doing any of the. I because this is how my brain works. Yeah, I know how it helps me, but I can't see it in my org. And you're saying if we have the roles content right up in that menu that says role and you go sales and all of a sudden you see how it helps sales, marketing, here's how it helps marketing, community, here's how it helps community. And we put that all together, right? Plus solutions, roles, all the stuff you and I do every day, right? Of like, how do you sell B2B software is non-existent today in what I can see. They don't have that value-based framework. Like I was saying, right? A value-based framework starts with the who, the challenges, the pain. It then goes into how unique, how you as that business uniquely solve that. So solutions, right? And then goes into the features and like the details, right? But that's at the very end of it all. Like, yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. This is this brilliant, Mark. I love it. So now, I'm not sure. Team, did you guys get all of that? Do we have the presentation? We're right here. Let me see. I'm waiting for the chat. This, this is, is amazing, by the way. This is crazy. <laughs> I know it's totally crazy. So. Oh, I do. Okay. They got it to us in real time. Let's see. Ready? All right. I'm going to share my screen. So for everyone watching, 
So the SaaS marketing makeover, Garrett and Mark, Directive and Drift. So what's the research showing? Helpful, collective, and easy to use. However, sometimes comma work was off. Lots of emails sent out to audiences. Maybe a better tool to quick check rather than producing a lot of content. Cool. So they have no menu, gasp. Landing page is nice, but not might help them from an SEO standpoint, yet somehow it does work, which is very interesting to me and I wanna dive into. Surprising to see the focus for them to get people to the Chrome extension. Their blog, we even need it. Um, uh, their blog is isolated uh, from their homepage and still crushing it. They're the anti-SEO case study, but they're doing a really, really good job with product content. And by the way, like I think, they actually have a good blend, right? Mike, a good blend mark. When we looked at it, like it wasn't just like effect versus effect, right? They had like seven different ways to use the product. Like they have, I actually think their content marketing strategy is pretty impressive. And it has to be when you have that low of a LTV, I'm a, I would imagine across the average user. Um, so love the fact that they're doing that so well. Uh, definitely some room on the CTA, 100%, because I don't know how they're getting the data by making that their primary call to action. Mm. Mm. the three pillars right number one monetize the users value-based messaging framework i love that point you made mark um activation over acquisition asking one question i really don't think they have to sacrifice that like ease ease of adoption i think if we ask one question just one little question it could start to fuel the whole thing and i do think we should own the data i don't know how they're getting it out of chrome but i think we got to get in our database first and then to chrome yeah um and then lastly, get with head of product and share why the audience needs this tool. I don't I think, think without I think, Yeah, I was gonna say three is three is a little bit different to me. Uh, number one and two, I think spot on. Um, so it's monetization and activation, right? It's two yeah. out of the five pillars of a freemium. Number What's three number though, I think it's about, um, it's like packaging and productization. Like if you wanna use another shin, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's your packaging and pricing strategy. Uh, which which will obviously be very tied to monetization and even activation. Um, but like, what is what is this going to look like um, in six months and in twelve months? Because like, you need to know that to create the right content, to create the right messaging, to create the right brand seeding, like to seed the market with some of this stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, 100%. And I mean, I see at Drift, right? You guys went this route to create a category. Who even competes with Grammarly, right? What's the category? So much of this like business side of it that I think you and I live in is non-existent here. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they need like a category per se. I mean, they, like I said, like I think they have good good product marketing. I think what they need is uh, they need a, a maybe a more unique point of view in in the in the world, right? Like what is their unique point of view? A lot of their messaging is very product focused and centric, which is great. But like, could there be a higher level of messaging which is more aspirational, which is again a little bit more on the brand side, a little bit more on the feeling side, right? And then and then it like nicely aligns into how they describe their product, how they describe their solution. So I think maybe that's what you're getting at. Yep, exactly, right? So packaging and pricing, what's their unique point of view? Why do executives need their team to leverage this product? Yeah. Good, right? Without that, it's really hard to get this first part up here. I love it, I love it. 
So the bright new future. We have to get these users staying on the site and monetize our traffic. We need we can how can we get usage based pricing and let large companies to pay for the extension instead of taking them to Chrome to sign up for the extension before you get there, make it a multi-step form where the audience can clarify how they use the tool, simplify and personalize their experience. How can we go ahead of product and make sure the best features are shared with our audience? From a business standpoint, there's an opportunity to create content that works as a sales tool. If we have content built for people in specific roles, they might be able to connect with a larger audience. They're missing a value-based framework. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say is they need they need customer stories on the business side. I couldn't find any like case studies or customer stories of businesses like crushing it with this by persona. There's no exactly there's no like use case of like this company got us and here's what changed, right? Instead, it's like, and they have all those reviews. You saw how many reviews they have. Yep. They have millions of users, yet it's not integrated as social proof to say. I used to write terribly and then Grammarly came along and I increased my close rate by 4% or like, and then they can even start to tie it back. Like the, our head of sales used to struggle with SDRs, not really understanding our value proper, our messaging. Then we use this because imagine if, okay, cause here's what's cool. Now this is something that's not on the product roadmap, but imagine if you used it like a gong tool or you set up triggers and then you could do Grammarly to set up triggers. So mm-hmm. how often in sales emails, your team is using certain, things you've taught them and then you can start to measure how effective you see what i'm saying now you got something you can make people pay for and so bingo boom. i love I, it I, I agree it's it's those those features that they're probably thinking about they're, they're probably planning for but you gotta again get the market primed and you gotta get ready so when you do this big launch um you can it's not just coming out of like left field. Like, you, you know, you've, you've created the audience, you've created the interest. And now when you drop it, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. That that's pretty interesting. There are times when you just do a huge drop of something. It's very, you know, not often, but like, we're going to announce this huge thing, this new category, this new platform. We just did it at drift, but like, that's the exception, right? You want to then over time as you, you know, launch different uh, levels of product, a P one versus a P two versus a P three launch. It should all be, you know, building from what your brand and content teams are doing on the front end. I love it. This has been awesome. Mark, thank you for joining the SaaS Marketing Makeover. And um, we are out. Thank you very much. Thank you, Garrett. It's a pleasure. It's awesome.